the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back as we head into Hour 3. It is a delight to do so with my good friend Sam Stone. He is the host of his own radio show, heard here every Saturday afternoons at 3 o'clock, Breaking Battlegrounds, 3 p.m. Saturday afternoons. He is a political consultant in town. You can follow him on Twix at Sam, the Paul P-O-L. Hi, Sam. You brought gifts. I didn't bring gifts. You brought them. Well, I'm the messenger of a gift. Yeah. Uh, so my my friend who you met, Christina Eichelkraut, who is a Democrat, mm-hmm. um, I, I wouldn't call her progressive anymore. They progressed past her into insanity, and yeah. she's not insane. But she is wonderful, and she's an incredible baker. I had one of the most intelligent conversations I've had with someone in politics having it with her the other day. She is brilliant. Yeah, she's really she smart. She really knows her really stuff. Um, so funny backstory there. Um, but- she serves on the Ball School District. Mm-hmm. And when a seat came open on that district while I was still in Sal's office, mm-hmm. we actually called over to the Board of Soups and got her appointed Good. for that seat. Good. Um, so, yeah, the, folks, there is still bipartisanship. And the reason is really simple. You're like, Sam, why didn't you get a Republican appointed? Well, first, there's nobody as qualified, as you kind of just alluded to. This woman knows she her knows stuff. And she is a hard worker and she gets stuff done. And she'll listen to a conservative argument. And she'll listen. Yeah. No, she is really open on ideas. And? And she is a brilliant baker. And? Which is why today <laughs> in studio right here, we are we are chomping down on some classical German gingerbread. That's all. It's, a gingerbread. Gingerbread. Not gingerbread cookie. Not gingerbread this. No. Or brownie. Gingerbread. It's a gingerbread. Yes, my and, favorite thing. And it is hard to find. Hard to find. And it's really hard to find where it's not super sweet. Right. Like if you get it from any kind of store or bakery here. Too confectionery. It's very confectionery. Hers is bread that has ginger. And it's moist and it's be- and she did a beautiful if she's listening or if you can play this for her later, thank you. Just yes. thank you at many levels. Well, thank you. So she was concerned that yeah. we were going to have to return most of this to her, that people would not like it, that it was too ginger forward. We're, we're experimenting. We're experimenting. By the end of this hour, we will see if there is any left in this kitchen. There, w- there will be none left. It's going to be like Tom and Jerry on a hand no, Like if, if there's any left, I'll be eating it. <laughs> um, but, but, but Christina, no, no problem. This is like one of the best things I've ever eaten. This is delicious. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Christina. I noticed you brought in Kerrygold butter to go with it. Which I did. It needs butter. It does and need butter. Not because it's dry, but. Gingerbread no, wants but, butter. But gingerbread right. does want butter. Right. And Kerrygold butter is really good. When did this Irish butter thing become a thing? So I it, did not grow up with Irish but I didn't grow up with butter, frankly. I grew so up with margarine. I first became a Kerrygold Irish butter fan um, during the pandemic. Okay. Um, in part because I had always just grabbed whatever the cheap butter was. Okay. Right? Uh-huh. Like, which is odd as a foodie. I hadn't really, I was like, butter's butter, right? I would think. Um, and then the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. and when I went to the store, after several attempts at going to the store, but just being like, I can't deal with this mob that's here kind of thing, 
Um, I finally did go in. The shelves were empty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's middle end of the day. There's nothing left in that store. People cleaned it out. And I need butter. The, the leprechauns were working overtime. The leprechauns were working. There was like one thing of butter, and it was this Kerrygold no butter. Kidding. And I tried it uh, for my eggs the next morning, and it's so much better. Well, it's got higher fat content, I think, but which which would make it better. But it's an interesting because growing up, we never thought of Irish. But you you have heard of oh, Swiss chocolate or French cheese, right. maybe, or I don't know, British tea or something like that. And tea. I've never heard the phrase Irish butter until the last five years. It's now a thing. It was apparently becoming a thing before I stumbled onto okay. it, obviously. But yes, and it's massively better, yeah. as I've learned. Now, you can find like European-style butters from American like specialty manufacturers that are just as good or better. This is kind of a mass-manufactured Irish butter, obviously. But I got to tell you, two things I've I've really come to – in terms of eating in the last couple of years, is stay the heck away from margarine. Yeah, this That's... was a big mistake. Um, people thought it was healthier. My mom bought into all this. Not. My family did too. Right. And, and really, that stuff appears to be right. very, very not good for right. you in it's lots like of ways. It's like the miracle whip that they yeah. thought was better. It's like any there, number of There's things. all this stuff right. that we're right. learning that right. you're just better off with right. the original fatty version bring of whatever bring, yeah. on, yeah, right. bring yeah, on the bacon. Bring on the right. Bring on the real mean, stuff. The real mayonnaise yeah. right, and right. all that kind of right. stuff. Right, Um it is so. I've now switched back to all I. If if I use that, it's butter. Good. Um, and and the other thing I do get now these days to cook some things in is beef tallow. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, good. I I wouldn't know how to find it, but okay. You can. So if you go to the butcher shop. Oh, the. Yeah. So if you go to the counter at the butcher shop and you ask them for a thing of beef tallow, they'll charge you like nothing for it because okay. they're just cutting it off the beef. And what do you make with it? A soup. Uh, no, so I use that for grease oh, instead of perfect instead of lard. Yeah, or in, or instead of the kind of canola sprays uh-huh. and those things because mm-hmm. we're finding out those aren't aren't good right. for you either. Right. Um, it turns out that probably the two best things for you are butter and and animal fat. Yeah, there's beef tallow. Annie Hall goes into this. Woody Allen goes yeah. into this in Annie Hall. Everything we grew up being told was not good for us turns out to be good for us, and yet that's revolved again since right. 1977. Yeah, so um, you know, so that's where the shift came for me, but it's good. once I learned, man, you can't go back. Okay. There's two things. I, I will tell people, here's the thing. Um, look for n- not necessarily, it's weird. You have to pick egg brands, and you have to see how those chickens are actually kept. You want real free range where they're able oh, yeah. to walk around and eat things that aren't just the grain they're being fed. And you get a way different looking yolk. It's like deep, deep, almost orange instead of that light yellow. And it tastes a million times better and it's much healthier. By the way, that was another thing we were told not to eat. Yolks. But yolks and now are it really turns good out, for you. Right. Yeah, turns no. out they're a high source of lutein and all sorts yeah. of great, great micronutrients. Um, so do that and get a really good butter, like a Kerrygold or another, you know, nice. Irish butter. Um, and get a Christine. Yeah. Have a Christine in your life. You will be happy yeah. for it. Nice. Well, thank you, Christine. Thank you, Sam. Sam, the there's a lot. Anything more we need to do on the hot dog debate before we turn to politics? Anything You're 100% like that? right about the hot dog debate. Yeah, you don't, That's all I'm saying. You don't bring a hot dog back to the office. No. Right. No. A hot dog, I mean, first you hit on it hot. Yeah. A cold hot dog is, that just sounds awful. I had those at Fenway in the 80s. <laughs> I mean, Fenway, like, that's where you went for a cold hot dog and hot beer. Um, you know, but, but why would you do that to yourself by choice? It's also not a sandwich. 
I just don't want people to think a hot dog is a sandwich. You know, there's an entire podcast, um, a YouTube podcast, a hot dog is a sandwich by like one of the. It's wrong. This is. A, well, I agree with it's you. It's a bad world. I mean, right. McDonald's. You go to and if you just order the burger with it, you just want the sand. I'm sorry, it's not a sandwich. It's a hamburger. Otherwise, we would call it a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. It's not. I, I can see the hamburger version depending on the bread. It's not a sandwich. I think the hamburger – well, see, here's the thing. Is it a hamburger bun or is it on bread? Because then it, it might be a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. It's called a hamburger. You order a hamburger, you know what you're getting. What, what about like the sourdough thing? It's a sourdough bun on a hamburger. Not a sourdough yeah, sandwich I don't know with hot if I'm beef. A, I don't know if I'm 100% right, with you well, on this one. We're, we're usually about 90%. Joe Biden unloaded a new commercial today. Yeah, first first Biden 2024 commercial. It, what's weird to me, we'll play it at the uh, – there's a lot weird to it. Well, we could play it. How long is it, David? It's two minutes. It'll bump us up to the commercial. There's a lot to say about it, and uh, you brought it to my attention. <laughs> and I said, is it about the economy? Because I've seen Karen Jean-Pierre trying to talk her way through uh, – uh, the economy being a good thing a lot lately, and you said, God, no, it's not about the economy. He can't do that. But it, the audience has to hear this. What's most amazing when they hear this, Sam, to me, is you know that they spent gazillions of dollars trying to make this look and sound as good as it possibly could. Yes. And he sounds like a weak trombone. Yes. And this is doctored. Yes. This is as doctored as it can be. Oh, it's it, like airbrushing for voice. Yes. And he sounds awful. All of that. And the problem is it's hard to hide the fact that he sounds like a geriatric old man. It's real. He's mumbling. He's, it's he's mumbling. mumbling. He's, he's slurring. Not, yeah. It's weak stuff. And um, we'll come back on it. We'll see if it wins. My friend. Yeah. Did you want to say something? Well, we'll get to it and play it and then okay. we can talk about it. I don't want to. David was saying to me earlier and he makes an interesting raises an interesting question. I couldn't think of one off the uh, top of my head. He said, is there any other presidential reelection? How did you put it, David? Is there any other presidential reelection that what? Well, what I was saying is, has there ever been a presidential election or an election that's been more favorable to right. a challenger? Yeah, that's a good point. More favorable to getting rid of the incumbent than now. We'll, we'll do it on the other side. Yes too. and no, right? I think I uh, guess. And yeah, no. yeah. Sam Stone and I will be right back. Follow him on Twix at Sam the Paul P O L. We are going to be enjoying some gingerbread, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Our 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio is brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. Your trusted source for provocative uh, and keen thought is Sam Stone, political consultant and town host of Breaking Battlegrounds, heard here every Saturday afternoon at 3, brought to my attention the brand-new Joe Biden for president re-election ad. First like to, yeah. Biden ad of 2024. First, first Biden ad of 2024. We'll play it for you, folks. Hit it, maestro. I've made the preservation of American democracy the central issue of my presidency. I believe in free and fair elections and the right to vote fairly and have your vote counted. There's something dangerous happening in America. There's an extremist movement that does not share the basic beliefs in our democracy. All of us are being asked right now, what will we do to maintain our democracy? History's watching. The world is watching. Most important, our children and grandchildren will hold us responsible 
The vice president and I have supported voting rights since day one of this administration. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. America is still a place of possibilities where the power resides with we, the people. That's our soul. We are the United States of America. There is nothing beyond our capacity when we act together. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. Well, I want your thoughts on it, Sam, and I have written, I took notes quickly, uh, and I'll share my thoughts uh, in, in just a few moments. I've never heard an ad say so little and so much at the same time. It's all subtext and and dog whistling, right? But it's very clear. This ad doesn't touch on it. I'm sure their next one will. There's going to be two things that Joe Biden and Democrats campaign on this year. That's some nebulous idea about democracy framing themselves against January 6th. And secondly, will be abortion. We know that's coming from Biden and all of that. So, but... This was a really interesting ad. First, when I watched it, the first thing I noticed is, other than Joe Biden himself, the only white person you see in that ad is an angry person with a tiki torch that they're framing as the, you know, Charlottesville, January 6th, MAGA extremist, whatever you want to have it. Otherwise, there is not, as far as I saw, one single white person anywhere in that video, which speaks to the other element of what Democrats are going to try to do. And I think this Claudine Gay row at Harvard was very instructive. They're going to follow the Obama reelection 2012 playbook of trying to stoke racial division and racial tension to drive turnout in black and Hispanic communities among young voters. Uh, the other part of it is that, and you and I have talked about this, 60% of the country has no idea what actually happened on January 6th. They know one story that comes from the left media. Mm -hmm. They have not seen the doors. And and look, I've said over and over, if you went in that building that day, you're an idiot. Okay. Um, But that doesn't mean the doors weren't, you know, hauled open. The barriers weren't pulled back. They didn't escort the shaman and all these people around through the building. This was, in my mind, absolutely a setup. Um, But for, but. 60% of the country has no idea because they never see it. So this messaging is very effective at that 60%. They've identified two areas, a broad agreement among non-core Republicans, which are January 6th was bad and abortion's good. Trump bad, abortion good. And that's the campaign you're going to see. And this ad was the first salvo of that. Um, I want to come back to all of that. I will say you and I may have slightly different views of January 6th, but I will tell you this, um, that I'm guessing 80 percent of the country doesn't know about. Um, It wasn't deadly and it wasn't an insurrection. Right. Um, That 80 percent of the country that probably does think that, that it was deadly and it wasn't. I I disagree on the percentage. I mean, I I do think there's 40 percent that have come to be aware. How about 90 percent of Democrats and 50 plus percent of independents? Oh, I would say 90 and 75. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'll accept those numbers. It wasn't deadly. It wasn't an insurrection. Right. And it was nowhere near as bad as what took place in 2020 by a factor of about Uh, 30. No, it wasn't close. Look, I always say as Republicans, you're you're bound, you're you're forced to hold yourself to a much higher standard because we're not going to get the same. Kind of treatment. Um, and that's where, you know, on that day, I, I literally remember tweeting out, cut this, cut this uh-huh. bleep out. Uh-huh. Um, this isn't us. Right. But right. But that's but you hit on a point. But, but they have what? Yes. Go ahead. 
they have successfully sold this narrative that there were a bunch of cops killed and that there's all this it, stuff. Right. And none of that is true. None of it is N- true. Even remotely true. Not even remotely true. And let's remember it also – oh, the other, the other lie, the other grand lie I, about d- it is that it was, it was a, a, a disruption of, of, of the peaceful transfer of power. It was not. It was not no. a transfer of power day. It was a vote counting day. And guess what? Those votes were counted by night's end. Right. Yeah. That's they all were. it was. That's all it was. Yeah. Um, I would add, too, I don't know if you saw this case that just came down and they, the guy finally won. I, I actually forget the name of the person who was accused, but he was a journalist who was at uh, the events of January 6th. And he was sued in civil court by six Capitol Police officers who claimed that he assaulted them. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. When it came to court, and this guy, I mean, spent two years fighting this, basically his entire fortune to fight this out to get to court, where it was shown that not one of the officers was anywhere in his vicinity during that day, and that four of the six officers who sued him were not even at the Capitol that day. Perfect. Perfect. It, it doesn't matter to them. No, what they were trying to do was force him to accept a deal and go to jail without having his day in court. And fortunately, this guy had enough of a resource to be able to fight it off. But this is what we're dealing with, folks. This but system the, is I'm is so really glad you brought it up. Been, it's so important that you did whatever our, our shades of difference on, on, on what January 6th was or was not. I'm so glad you brought it up because this is the theme they have seized on, which is that Republicans writ large and small are a threat to democracy. Yes. The Georgia – this is how they do it. So he goes to Georgia and gives a speech saying that the Republican Party is the party of George Wallace. Uh, it is the poor party of Bull Connor, the party of Jefferson Davis because the Georgia New Voting – New Georgia Voting Law was Jim Crow 2.0 right. I think was yep. the phraseology. That was the phrase. And all the media went with this. I think some athletic events were pulled out over it. Yeah, the, the Major League Baseball Major League All-Star Baseball. game pulled out of Atlanta over The it. law passed. Yep. Are we done reporting? How's it going? How's Jim Crow 2.0? Is it, is, is it in fact— well, How about I the mean, All-Star just, game is back there next year Yes, they all just—yes, yeah. it no, all passed. I mean, Jim Crow 2.0. Are we living amongst a Jim Crow 2.0? Is, is anyone following up on this whatsoever? Or did, in fact, more minorities end up voting after the law passed? More minorities ended up voting after the law passed, which is the story. Also, the story is that almost all the blue states are far more restrictive in their voting uh, of course than any of yes. the red states. Yes. I mean, so – and you can see the reason for that is control, right? They they want these uncontrolled votes, these illegal votes, whether they're illegal immigrants, whether they're double voting, whether it's ballot harvesting. They want these in red states, but they don't want to risk such a thing happening to them in their own backyard. This, I think, is the threat to democracy. Yes. Playing on these kinds of fears, hyping up historical examples, which are not symmetrical to the party involved, as he puts it, and putting fear into the American people that the other political party wants to take away your voting rights, wants to take away your democracy. That in and of itself is demagoguery, which I think is one of the chief threats to democracy. It absolutely is. And if you look at this video instead and just listen to mm-hmm. it, what you see in the visual imagery is really clear that that's where they're they're taking this, right? That they are framing Republican and anyone who might even consider voting Republican as Nazis. I want to come back to that point, too, when we come right back. Sam Stone is my guest. Sam the Paul on Twix uh, and radio show host here in his own right every Saturday afternoons, breaking battlegrounds. Uh, Political consultant Sam Stone and I'll be right back. The 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. 
Sam Stone is my guest. Uh, David, you, uh, young David, you said you uh, watched the ad and you, you saw something interesting in the ad. Well, I have the uh, distinct privilege of getting to watch it well. It goes out over the radio waves. And yep. yes, I thought it was a certain level of irony, but I'm sure it was very intentional by the Biden-Harris campaign to show imagery of an official ballot drop box. And on that ballot drop box, it said in bright, bold, blue letters, Maricopa County, well, the president said, and the right to vote fairly and have your vote counted. Hmm. Just a bit of uh, so Arizona makes the ad. Bit of a callback to okay. a year ago. I got to I got yeah. to say I believed Joe Biden when he inadvertently admitted that they were going to uh, run the uh, yeah. the best uh, illegal yeah. voting operation <laughs> in history. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, look. I you know the funny thing is I, I don't have any doubt, and I've I've said this along. I I push back. I think people know. I push back on some of these lawsuits Carrie Lake has filed, and I work with her. Um, but I push back just saying I don't believe these courts are going to have the courage to overturn. And so you, you kind of end up actually in a way hurting the, the case by by making it. Um, and I think that's played out. I, I think they have done everything they can not to consider the actual substance of those cases. And the the court trials have been a sham in the way they've gone down. I have no doubt that there was some issues Plenty of issues here in Maricopa in 2020 and 2022. Is it everything that people claim? I have no idea and neither do they. But I also have zero doubt that the same that oh, uh, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania no. and Fulton County mm-hmm. were hotbeds of absolute cheating in the worst case form of just dumping ballots in at the vote center on on election night. The the stop in Fulton County. When they stopped counting and said a water main burst in the building and there was no such thing. I'm sorry. It, you can't just scrub that kind of thing off and say, it didn't, you know, oh, that's just a mistake. No, no, that wasn't a mistake. Something really happened. I have no doubt there was serious cheating there. Pennsylvania, we know lots of places where ballots were coming in after Election Day. No postmark. I mean, garbage, garbage. Why Maricopa's featured? Because we're the battleground state of this election. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And what's interesting to me about that, too, Sam, and that they're seizing on this, is do you think Joe Biden could stand up to or Karin Jean-Pierre or whoever the spokesman for the campaign will end up or is currently now? What is it that Republicans to this question, what would the answer be to this question? Well, some reporter, please ask them when you allege that the Republicans want to take your right to vote away pictures of Maricopa County or whatever county in the United States you want to highlight. What would be an example of that? Well, they can't give one. They cannot give and, one. And no reporter is going to be allowed to ask that question. Um, if it happens to KJP and the, you know, um, that's something the, for the in campaign the briefing room. She'll say the yeah. president has been clear right. on this. That's something. Right. That's right. exactly what you're going yeah. to. You had, yeah. you, you, boy, you channeled her, man. I, I, because I, yeah. it's not hard. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's, it's it's not. not. Hard. It's, the president it's has been very not. clear on this from day one. Right. Any further follow ups on that are going to have to be directed to the DNC or the presidential right. campaign. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, White House counsel's office. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, we know where they how they handle that. 
they're not going to be asked. Any I don't of those know what questions. the possible allegation is. I really don't. Well, there is none. I mean, that's that's the issue, right? So, for instance, Republicans saying are we, we trying to stop counting? Are we trying to disenfranchise nope. anyone? Nope. Are we trying to make voting harder? Nope. We can argue about the process of voting, but. Every Republican I've ever heard on this stuff is talking about, when they talk about it, trying to make uh, voting access easier. They're complaining about long lines. They're complaining about that kind of stuff. Let's talk about if Republicans here got exactly what collectively – and I'll I'll probably leave something out and so people don't yell at me for leaving whatever I forget here out. But overall, the changes would be we're going to go back to precinct-only voting. We're going to go back to a hand count, and we're going to have results by the end of the night on election night. And you're going to have to have an ID – and some second, you know, oh, some it's form. It's the ID thing. It's the right. ID thing. That's what it is. Except we know that's a bogus of argument. Of course it is. Um, but but that's where they're going to go. The other one is on signature verification. They're yeah. going to say, oh, you're throwing out because it doesn't match the one time they signed here. Garbage. The signature verification process. And Garrett or Garrett Archer, I hope you listen to oh, this. Oh, he's yeah. – because I know you, and I actually like Garrett aside from all this election stuff, but let me tell you, you are wackadoodle crazy, Garrett, and and Stephen Richer and all these folks. You're wackadoodle crazy to call our signature verification process anything other than the sham it is. Um, Sam Stone is my guest. Uh, yeah, this the disenfranchisement. I wanted to. I wanted. I took a note. They call us Nazis and fascists. I wanted to come back to that point too when we come. Let's right do back. it. Sam Stone and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Sam Stone is my guest, Sam the Paul. Um, a lot of what this obvious campaign the Democrats are going to be running uh, on behalf of Joe Biden against the Republicans uh, this year, Sam, comes down to, in my view, can be seen actually in what transpired in the reporting over Claudine Gay's resignation. Mm-hmm. Um, you... It's called it's 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 a version of 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 opinion hierarchy in this country. I was saying this. I'm just going to read this from what I said in my monologue yesterday. They want to end debate because there's only one legitimate, sanctified, tolerable viewpoint in this country. You do not have an alternative and perhaps correct point of view if you're a conservative. You are a racist and fascist. You do not have an alternative and perhaps correct point of view if you question the value and validity and safety of COVID mitigation efforts and fright. You are a science denier. You do not have an alternative and perhaps correct view of the conflict in the Middle East if you support societies that embrace liberalism as opposed to those that embrace barbarism. if, if, if you happen to stand on the side of, of the liberal country, if you support school choice, you want to destroy public education. If you want less government regulation or lower taxes, you are a robber baron who doesn't care about the poor. And if you think a serial plagiarist with little in the way of academic output in the first place who cannot denounce fulminations of Jew hatred because it's popular to kick Jews down and you happen to be black, you are a racist for pointing out everything except the fact that she happens to be black. Right. This is how they want to make the debate one way. So Republicans equal against democracy. Well, they, they what's interesting to me about that is the foundational value of democracy is public debate. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it, it, it starts in debate and then it ends at the ballot box. That is the foundational principle of, of a democratic form of government. Right. Um, they claim they're the defenders of democracy, but they're stifling the possibility of democracy by their actions and by the, their um, censorship. And 
So if you stifle the debate, if you are not allowed to have a debate about Claudine Gay and why she wasn't qualified to be the president at Harvard in the first place and why her entire career is built on a fiction of racism, when you're talking about one of the most privileged human beings on the planet from birth. I mean, Claudine Gay was the daughter of very wealthy parents, went to, I think it was Andover, you know, I mean, literally she is a scion of a very wealthy family. So how did, how is this person oppressed? And yet she was able to manipulate the levers of DEI to claim oppression based solely on her skin color and the fact that she is apparently a lesbian woman. The, the notion that things are beyond debate is a notion where we used to think certain facts were settled and maybe we don't debate them anymore because they are settled facts. Genocide is not a good thing um, would be a well, settled ex- except, debate. Except now all of a sudden you have people running around the country so, calling for genocide. So we change so, the terms of what right. genocide means, right? right? But the but the but the 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 size of the pie, the shadow cast upon that which can no longer be discussed or debated, grows every larger by the year. You saw this is why Elon Musk took over Twitter. This is why he took over Twitter. It became the new town hall for politics. It became the new, the new, um, the new, dis, uh, uh, the new platform for discussion about politics, and and the things you could say or talk about or discuss or debate became smaller and smaller and smaller. So are the things that you're allowed to do. Correct. Um, so this is to me this is really instructive if you look at China. Because China obviously is a totalitarian regime and has been since Mao. But the problem is that the Chinese society keeps finding cracks in that, in that great wall. They keep finding ways around and through it and over it. And so the response from the Chinese government has, to be, has been to circumscribe thought, speech, and, be, and increasingly behavior more and more and more and become more and more restrictive. And we're seeing the same approach play out here in the United States. I saw a little Twitter video the other day of a Chinese girl who lit a sparkler on the beach to celebrate, I think, the New Year, Western New Year. And literally within seconds, there is a police drone bot overhead you know, demanding her compliance and putting this thing out. Why? Because she's celebrating a non-approved holiday. I'm sure if it was Mao's birthday and she's holding the sparkler, it would be no drone. No drone. So this is the this is the model, frankly, that Democrats and this is what worried me so much about COVID was that you saw the left salivate over salivate salivate over passports. A majority of self-identified liberals and Democrats thought it was right to jail people who refused the COVID vaccine. A majority thought it was right to take their children away from them if they refused to get their children vaccinated. You're telling you're telling me that the right are the authoritarians, that we're the fascists. I mean, this is the stuff that gets me. Everything Democrats say, if you just twist it 180 degrees around, then it's accurate. You know, they throw that word fascism around. And I'm kind of thinking of that um, that Wallace Shawn character in The Princess Bride. I don't think they know what it means. I don't think they it means what they think it means. Well, 
Fascism is exactly what they were doing during COVID when they blended, when they mixed, when they put together the symbiotic relationship between the tyrannical state and big pharma. I I have a a concern there that what we're dealing with is a majority who do not understand any of these terms. So, for instance, we've seen polling data that says a majority of people under the age of 30 think socialism has something to do with social media. Like – you, are, I'm sorry. You're unbelievably ignorant at that point. And you need to learn. Um, river to the sea. There, there is right. <laughs> river to the sea. They don't know what the heck they're talking about. It's just a you know catchy, catchy phrase. Um, there's this majority that are totally not just uneducated but deliberately miseducated, and then above them is this inner cabal that darn well knows exactly what they're doing. And are imposing a fascist totalitarian form of government here in the United States. Because they know better and think we don't. And the sad part about this, the dangerous, not sad, the dangerous part about this ignorance, people who think socialism and want to stand up for it just has to do with social media or perhaps a social society. or just they being don't, nice to each other. Uh, right, yeah. right, right. Improve social conditions. Or the river to the sea and they don't really know what river or what sea. The problem with those particular two when we can do others is they come with a body count. Right. In reality, they come with a big body count. Leftism, whether you want to call it socialism, communism, any of its various forms, fascism was another form of leftism. So was Nazism. And they, they have deliberately taken those examples of Hitler and Mussolini and moved them over to the right, even though these were both at heart socialist concepts, Marxian concepts. Um, so, But the, the danger with it is really, really clear. We are standing on the precipice where a majority of citizens do not understand the terms. They don't understand the debate. It's all emotion. This is where you get that. It's about feelings. Mm-hmm. Words are violence. Silence is violence. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff comes back to mobilizing people who do not know what they're talking about. Words are silence and silence is violence if uttered or not uttered by the right. They just want us to shut up. They just want us to shut up and shut us down. And this use of the word democracy in and of itself is weird, too. I... The founders it's, were really it, it, yeah, clear democracy. Yeah, it's, it's not a word that Madison would have yeah. been using. Uh, yeah. Sam Stone and I will come back with a final thought. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Portions of the show brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi. Um, they have an investment with a ton of flexibility and control where you are in control. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you like. Total peace of mind. No attack on principle if you ever need your money back. Absolutely no fees. And, of course, you get a monthly statement with no surprises. This secure and collateralized portfolio by Y-Refi can yield you up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or call 888-YREFI-24, 888-YREFI-24. Wallace Shawn did not say, I don't think it means what you – he was the vector for Mandy Patinkin to say, I don't think that word means in, what in Inigo Montoya, let's yes. – hey, Mandy Patinkin owned that role in such a way that that was Inigo Montoya and yes. you just need to leave that alone right yes. there yes. Uh, because uh, you killed my father and prepared to die. Yes. <laughs> William Shawn, such an interesting guy. Uh, total lefty, of course. 
His dad was a very famous editor of the New Yorker magazine for many, many years who brought William Buckley into the New Yorker. He was the first person to serialize William Buckley in the New Yorker. His daddy was. Um, and uh, I just get a kick of, out of some of these these actors with with those pedigrees. The other the other great one is, is Giamatti, Paul Giamatti. His right. dad was the famous president of Yale. But you would say, yes. more importantly, the commissioner of baseball. Let's 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 put priorities where they're meant to be today. Yeah, yeah, today. Uh, Although, I don't know what I. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure which I like less right now, Yale um, or baseball. Well, no, I'm sure because uh, I, I love baseball. Okay, but Giamatti was not a great president no. for the game. No. Um, so that was actually he was he was president at a time when the steroid era was right. happening, That's and right. no one, everyone refused to talk about. It. I actually have a great story about that. I I was. A high school student in Tucson when they brought, I think it was the White Sox or an additional team down there for spring training, we were allowed to go out and interview the commissioner, um, who at that time was, uh, it was not Giamatti, it was the guy who replaced him, I, I forget his name, it was before Bud Selig. But all these reporters are asking these fluff It wasn't ball. Pete Uberoth, was it? No, 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 it was after him. Okay, okay. Um, but all these, were, it might have been Giamatti, I, been. Okay. but um all these reporters are asking these fluffball questions about spring training in Tucson. And I go and I'm like, I'm this kid reporter from a local high school who got drawn because I have like a popular high school sports column going on. Right. <laughs> and uh, and they're like, so, young man, what's your question? And I'm like, rampant steroid use appears to be totally common in baseball. Is there any consideration of a testing regime or other program? And these reporters start laughing at me and they just shuffle me off and refuse to answer the question. And on that day. I, I was on a war warpath from that day on the steroid stuff because I'm like, look, people's foreheads don't grow. Like, that's just not a thing. But suddenly Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco have foreheads like the moon. <laughs> I don't think there were ever allegations of steroids against uh, Steve Garvey, were there? I don't think so. No, no. And he may be the next thing out of California, the next and big he'd thing. Be a great, he'd be a great Congress member. He's the kind of Republican who can win there because yeah, his message yeah. is all about unity and, and vision and value. And That's the one thing I like about yeah. baseball right now, the potential of Steve Garvey. Sam Stone, thank you very much. Audience, David, Bill, Teresa, thank you very much. Until tomorrow, I'm Seth Leibson. God bless and class dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.